From the Atari 2600 to the PlayStation 5, this is the Star Warriors podcast. The very first Star Wars video game arrived on the scene in 1982, and it was Empire Strikes Back on the Atari 2600. But since then, gaming has evolved, and so has storytelling, graphics, and more in video games. So to discuss the many titles that we've enjoyed over the past 38 years are some of my favorite scruffy-looking nerf herders. Uh, so joining me today, I have Rocco, Hello. Ruben, Jake, and Hello. Colin. And so, gentlemen, we're, uh, we're all video gamers here. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested to see where your, where your gaming started with Star Wars, how much of an influence it had on you, and how do you still game today? Uh, so let's start off with some memories of the very first Star Wars video game you played in your life. Uh, and I'm going to start with Rocco. Uh, sweet. So I really, this game got me really far into gaming actually. Um, because it came right around a perfect time in star Wars. Uh, speaking of like, you know, extended universe, it was shadows of the empire for Nintendo 64. Um, that was my first real like Star Wars experience in gaming. And what was amazing about it was I remember it was my birthday and I got the I got the book and I got the game and they were such an awesome supplement to each other. And what was that like? Ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety six. OK, yeah, because uh, twenty five years now, I think it's this year. Yeah, so it it was just it was a wild thing that they did, you know, in the late '90s, combining a game with a book, and you read the book and you play the game, and just I mean, remember that boss that was the what was it the die the Diagona the oh God I forgot how to say I always forget how to say that. Somebody help me out here. I think you were right, Dino- Dianoga. 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 I don't know. Anyway. Battle, Death Star monster. Battle. Yeah, the exactly the Death Star trash compact monster, and then not only that, but the uh, what was it? The fighting IG eighty eight on Ord Mandel, like that was just wild. Those are some of my memories, and like freaking out and swearing, you know, because IG eighty eight would just light me up, you know, and and Dash Rendar and all that stuff, man. So yeah, I mean, Shares of the Empire really not only started my Star Wars gaming, but really got me into like gaming as a whole for sure 100 percent. you know what's funny is we're right now we're we have the high republic going on which is a multi-publisher event um kind of similar and i'm sure down the road we're going to get you know more tie-ins video games and and of course more books but um i love that shadows was on that scale uh in the 90s and it was actually something that reinvigorated the franchise at that point absolutely absolutely just it, just awesome just remember nights just in front of that thing just in the dark like you know battle of hoth i mean it opens up with the battle of, i mean how can you how can you go wrong you know what i mean you can't it's one of the best battles in star wars absolutely ruben what what memories do you have to share with us um you know i was uh i was like the ripe old age of um like 29 or 30 <laughs> when battlefront came out <laughs> when did battle young buck yeah um you know I, 2015 yeah 2015 so you know <laughs> we're not even gonna talk about that you know um yeah I, it, those are that's my that's my my star wars like going into gaming and and playing star wars was that um i think that back back in the 90s 
you know, I was into other games. You know, I was doing other things. That's probably not not really why any of the Star Wars games really ever caught my attention because I was just more obsessed with like the visual media in terms of the movies and things like that, and the and 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 the EU and the books. So when I went to go game, it was really more about like sports games or or maybe something like uh, you know Resident Evil or something like that. Uh, even to this day, I'm still a very like you know sparring gamer like it take maybe one or two games out of out of the year that come out that really catch my attention and i'm like okay yes i gotta own that game i gotta play it um and i remember just seeing battlefront and thinking like how cool is that like you know that's kind of like you know it's kind of call of duty you know but it's star wars you know um and i know i got a lot of flack and it did, you know people people really didn't like it but i kind of enjoyed it i, I had a lot of fun with it i you know i like playing online and I, I like that whole diorama, like virtual diorama that they had set up. Like you would earn the characters and things like that. Um, and they would all be like in this like cool laid out battle scene type deal. Like if you had your toys. So for me, it was that. I mean, I, I always grew up hearing, oh, you know, Shadows of the Empire, uh, you know, the Force Unleashed or whatever, you know. But I, it never really got my attention, to be honest. You know, it's 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 also kind of you're a very busy guy with all your projects and I feel like maybe a game where you can just drop in, play for a little bit and get out is good, you know, and that might, and it depends on your, your gaming level. And, you know, uh, and I think those kind of first person shooters are perfect for that. Yeah. They're just fun. They're quick and get, you know, you go, go in, get out. That's why I like stuff like overwatch and things like that. Cause you can just play for a few hours, you know, and then just be like, okay, I'm out. And then it's, it's, I, I like the other side of the coin too. If there's a good story, you know, like, Last of Us is one of my favorite games, you know, and and Jedi Fallen Order, which I'm sure we'll get to, um, is also like it, that that game blew me away. So you you give me more Star Wars games like that, I'm playing them all day. And it looks like there's many more coming with the new initiative. So very exciting. Go ahead, Jake. What about you? So I'm kind of in the same boat as Ruben. Uh, you know, when I used to visit my uncle's house. He had a PC game that was Star Wars. I think it was like X-Wing or something. So I would play the first mission on that, but like never more than that. And I don't remember getting very far. And then I remember as a kid having um, Star Wars Star Starfighter on the PS2. But the uh, real first one that I remembered was uh, Force Unleashed. That was the first one that I really remember playing for Star Wars games. And that game is awesome <laughs> without a doubt uh just just that level of storytelling it, it was probably you know what's really amazing about that it was kind of like the next step like a next gen in star wars gaming i feel uh and it just put you in that role of of a villain of course you could be a good guy as well if you chose that end game but i thought just being vader's apprentice was a really really nice aspect of that game and the way they the first level was you were vader that whole first year just throwing Wookiees. Like, that was literally, the whole first level was throwing Wookiees. There was an <laughs> achievement that if you had tossed 100 Wookiees in that level, you got a nice shiny little blip, bing, yep. just for doing oh, that. You're damn right I went for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and more. <laughs> no, it's funny. Uh, back to Battlefront, they had, you know, that, that also began with being Vader, uh, which is always a great thing. You run in, just start smashing people on Hoth. Yeah, it was Hoth, right? Yeah. But that's that alone right there, just to drop you in and say, all right, 
you're Darth Vader. It's it's probably one of the best feelings in video games, honestly. Uh, go ahead, Colin. Now, I'm going to take all you youngins back a few years here. <laughs> Because we're looking at the early 2000s with all of you. We're going to go back to the 1980s with the Atari 2600. Back when you had a joystick and a single button. And we played Jedi Arena. But I would go and visit my... Okay, I'm done with this bit. Uh, no, legit. The I remember playing Jedi Arena... Uh, I had to look it up because I'm going like, man, I remember there was a Star Wars game and when and it was on the Atari and I remember going crazy every Christmas. We would go to my uncle's house and I'd be like, we're I, I'm going only so I could play on the Atari system. But it was, and there was a Star Wars game with a little probe droid that would fly around and you had two opposing sticks that would whack at the ball. And we don't even want to talk about the. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the implications of that in video games early on in my development. Um, but I couldn't remember what it was. I had to look it up. It was Jedi Star Wars Jedi Arena for the Atari 2600. And that was my first dive into real Star Wars and Star Wars video gaming. I mean, from there you had the SNES games like Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and then you had the Return of the Jedi on on Game Boy. But it was just that memory of every Christmas racing to that old boob tube TV that you had to change the channel on on the knob on the TV and plug in this ancient Atari and hope to God it worked. And just playing the most unsatisfying video game I can ever remember, but still loving every second of it. You kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you if you preferred that over Empire, because I I remember playing that game, and I remember just shutting it off as a kid, because it just... I I wasn't a big gamer as a kid. I never, I never had a Nintendo or anything like that, so I didn't really get into gaming until I was around maybe age 10 to 13 or something like that. So it's funny um, because we all have different experiences, of course, with when we whatever Star Wars games and stuff. But I remember how bad that Empire game was. I never actually played the Empire game. He only had Jedi Arena, at least from a Star Wars perspective. But he had like, you know, all the standards Pitfall, uh, the Indiana Jones game, which was pretty much Pitfall labeled as Indiana Jones. He did not have E.T., though, if you're wondering. He did not have that trash fire of a video game. But yes, it was as frustrating as we all could potentially think this game was, and as I remember it. So all you youngins making me feel really old here, so I appreciate that late on a Wednesday. Thank you. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you could just go back to that voice and just do that the whole time. Like, that was, that was good. Um, and I, you know, now that I think about it, I think that that's probably why I stayed away from those games as, <laughs> as, as a young kid, was because... I didn't want Star Wars to be ruined, you know, like I knew that, you know, like, <laughs> like there was there was only a certain level. Right. Like like as a kid, that first Ninja Turtles game blew your mind. Right. Like mm -hmm. you that, that should be. But you knew that there was nothing that you, they could do at that point that was going to make Star Wars look good. Right. So and then as it got further, as I got further along in life, like I said, I just moved to, you know, other games got my attention but but i think probably early on that's probably what it was it was just the fear of knowing like 
this game's gonna suck. Like, I'm, no, buy. Let me get. Let me get. Let me get. Let me get. You know, NBA Jam or let me get Sonic the Hedgehog. Or <laughs> you yeah. clearly did not play Terras Cassi or whatever that one was. <laughs> oh, Terras Cassi, man. Oh, oh no, my God. the Star Wars fighting game, the Mortal Kombat style game. <laughs> <laughs> and they made it canon. That's funny. At least the fighting was style. <laughs> yeah, that was a great. That was digging deep there in the movie Solo. That was digging deep. Deep cuts. How about the game Rebel Assault? Do you guys remember that? Um, is that the one where the cutscenes were live people? Yep. It was a real like, game. It, it, yeah, it, exactly. But they were like real live act. Like it wasn't even rendering. It was just like live people. And you're like, this, 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 some, this feels wrong. Correct. And I've I brought a fact with me today. Rebel Soul is do. one of the oldest titles to make use of extensive full motion video on the PC. Wow. Hearing you wasn't guys talk, like, I'm just I, so happy that I didn't play any of these games. <laughs> well, wasn't it wasn't it that game where you would see you would see some random guy in a like a rebel jumper, you know, like jumpsuit with a helmet on, and he would come up to the screen like this and then go <laughs> Come with me, stormtrooper. <laughs> you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar and frightening at the same time. Um, I, you know, it was really, it was, it was a point and click, you know, very classic arcade style game. Um, but that is, I remember getting that because, as I mentioned, I didn't have video game systems. I had a Game Boy, um, but I didn't have any like TV console, so I was like, oh. This is great. How do I get games? But then I realized I had a Mac, and Macs were very short on games back in the day. Um, they didn't really cover much of what PC had. So when they started making games like that, and then we'll talk about Dark Forces, of course. But I was I was happy as a Star Wars kid. It was, and Ruben, you, I know you want to say it may have scarred you back in the day, but for me, it was like, wow, look at this stuff I'm getting. You know, as as a Star Wars fan, and they're it's building this world, and it's. It's funny these days because there's so much stuff out there where we can kind of look back on things and judge it that way. But when you're when it was 1993 and there wasn't that much stuff surrounding it, the EU was just getting started. It was it was a different time. <laughs> there were rare gems for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, guys, let's let's talk about a little bit about our favorite games and why they kind of have lasted in your memory so long. Why? they can still kind of hold a candle to the games today. Um, I know that some cannot, but what games do you, do you feel built your fandom and also built to what we are experiencing today in video games? Go ahead, Rocco. I would have to say um, would be the Force Unleashed series um, were absolutely my favorite, favorite games because it was so great at storytelling of the story of uh, what was it, Galen Ga- or Galen Merrick? Mal- I got his. You know, anyone can anyone help me here? Um, but anyway, and not only that, but the gameplay was so fluid and so much fun. And y- your force powers, you really felt like a Jedi. Like the next time I felt the way I felt playing as that character was in Fallen Order. And for me, when I picked up Fallen Order and I was like, ooh, this feels like Force Unleashed, that to me was like, all right, sweet, I'm super into Fallen Order. 
but uh, honestly the story and and the way it set up Darth Vader having a secret apprentice um to to genuinely backstab the emperor and, and just all of that and then the the whole cloning portion of what the second game was the second game was amazing but it was far too short and i know that's because they were planning a sequel that we never got and it, of course it leaves on a cliffhanger and it was such a great cliffhanger too because not to spoil it i mean wow how many years later though <laughs> but either way um if you haven't played the game the game ends on a really really big cliffhanger and you know what's gonna happen but you don't know how and I wanted to know how it happened so badly, and I feel like that was such a huge miss. Even though, like, it's, you know, EU, it's considered Legends now, it's not canon. But man, oh man, I, for shits and giggles, I wish they would just create the game. Like, create the third game, just to tell us what happened. But anyway, I would say um, that would be my favorite game. Probably the game that I, I've dumped the most hours into, and the game I've replayed over and over and over again. Both, the first one and the second one. Um, and then I had a, I used to have a lot of fun um, when I was older, uh, when I first like turned 21 and I would drink and play video games, um, was that Star Wars RTS game. I think it was Empire at War, was it, where you got to choose whether you were the Rebel Alliance or the Empire. Don't – I mean don't kid yourself. You always chose the Empire because their gear was cooler. <laughs> and um, you, know, you got to you know, have a fleet of Star Destroyers and choose how to use them in space battles, you know, with launching TIE fighters and all kinds of stuff. That was fun to drink and play that game. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say those are my two favorites. Yeah, that was like a, um RTS, right? Like you said, it was... Um, yeah, real-time strategy. Com- Command and Conquer style and stuff like that, right? Yes. Uh, yes. There was another one kind of like, what was it? Rebellion was a similar type game um, where you would... And a few of those. So I always loved those type of games, and I always wish for more. Uh, I yes. think that Star Wars really fits into that that genre really well. Absolutely, absolutely. Do uh, any of you guys have similar taste to Rocco on your favorites? I love it. I love it because we're all talking about different things. That's perfect. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Ruben. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to give the most basic answer. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order is definitely something that sticks in my mind that in terms of I know that the gameplay and things like that could have been a little bit better like the fighting styles and, and I know they had its its things um, and uh, but the story you know for me the story was was where it was at you know and and that's what I that, that's what impressed me the most um, I did love Battlefront 2 though because Battlefront 2 had that little had all those little you know Luke Skywalker moments and 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 it kind of built the lore that they were building in that new trilogy. Um, they were trying to tie some of that stuff in there, so it was it was that was cool. But but definitely, you know, fall in order to me is like we need we need you know some 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 follow ups for that like soon, like not just a year or two like tomorrow because that that game, honestly speaking, like I, like like Rocco was saying, like feeling like a Jedi when you're force pulling dudes, you know, stormtroopers at you, and you're just like demolishing them with your lightsaber um i would say you know going around and killing a bunch of animals that that was kind of weird for me like i thought that that was a weird choice you know for for being a jedi but i also understand you know it's a video game you got to fill the world with threats and dangers if he's just 
walking around just being cool with everything. It's not going to be fun. So I, I took that part of it. But yeah, that, that, that game had some of the craziest stuff I've ever done in a video game. Like I thought it was, I thought it was really smart. Um, that whole riding the dragon on Kashyyyk or whatever, you know, wherever you were at, like that whole moment, like when you start climbing the trees and the camera pulls back and like you, like, I, I don't know, man, it was, it was a really, really cool game. And then of course, you know, again, not to spoil it if you haven't played it, but like that ending was phenomenal. You know, like I, di I didn't see it coming. Like I really did, did not see that ending coming. And when it happens, when it starts to unfold and you're like, Oh man, like, is that who I think it is? And, that's just a mind-blowing moment. That was just a mind-blowing moment. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and after hearing Rocco talk, like, I, I know they've got Force Unleashed on, like, the, the PlayStation Store. I just, again, like, going back and playing a game of, you know, that level of graphics for me, I don't know if I'm going to be very interested, but I'll try it out just because it sounds cool. It sounds Dude, like there's a good story there. I wanted to engage with you, Ruben, because of everything that you're saying about Force, or I'm sorry, but that you're saying about Fallen Order. You've never played the Force Unleashed games? No, nah, no, nah, not at all. So if you have the ability, because of how much you love Fallen Order, please get your hands on those games, and you will be just as mad as me that they didn't finish the trilogy. Like, honestly, you want to feel like a Jedi? Imagine the dismembering. And you can do that in Force Unleashed. Like, you, okay. they, yeah. And it's just wild, dude. It is wild. So, yes, play those games, Ruben. I'm going to get my hands on them. Also, if you like Darth Maul from uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, uh, that's the guy who does Galen Merrick. He's the, the lead actor through that. So, yeah. Sam Witwer. Sam, Sam Witwer. Yeah. Thank you. Also, that's also started, the Emperor, right? too. Yes, it was one of his earlier beginnings. It was the first time I really heard of him. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's awesome, Ruben. I, um, Jedi Fallen Order, it delivered something that we've been waiting for for a long time. And regardless of how we feel about Battlefront and Battlefront 2, Battlefront 2 is a nice, I'm sorry note from EA. And, um, <laughs> it was fine. And I like that, but Jedi Fallen Order delivered a game that we had waited years for from, you know, from when Disney took over and, you know, they, they delivered it. Um, and now with squadrons and, and more uh, publishers being able to take the, the license, we're, it's going to get even better. So I'm really excited about that. Go ahead, Jake. Well, first of all, Ruben, um, if you want to play a game that looks old, I've been seeing the clips of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn at 72 frames per second. Uh, so you should check that out. But when it comes to my favorite Star Wars games... Honestly, my favorite Star Wars game is one I cannot play that often, especially now in Corona times. Uh, we used to have a yearly pass to the Strong Museum of Play here, which had an arcade upstairs. And there's a Star Wars Battle Pod, I think it's called, where you're like literally sitting in the cockpit and doing like the Death Star run, the Endor mission, Death Star 2, and there's a couple other runs on there. And you've got the joystick and the throttle and the sound just comes at you, that's peak Star Wars for me. If I had a couple thousand dollars, I'd have one of those down in my basement, and you know, I'd just become a master at that. Um, and then the one I dumped the most time into, I actually got super addicted to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, the cell phone game for a while, <laughs> and spent actual money on it. Um, so that one's probably the one I spent the most time on. Favorite console game, it does go to Fallen Order. I think that game's absolutely amazing, and I love the Zepho 
I, I want to know more about the Zepho and everything around that. I actually like, I really loved the ending to that game because it made a lot of sense what he did without spoiling, you know, when he got that item and what he did to it made a ton of sense. And, you know, I know more companies are going to be able to make games. I hope they get to make a fallen order too. And I would love to see that not be a continuation of Kale's story, but I actually want one now where you play as an inquisitor starting before the attack on the Jedi temple, following how you become an inquisitor and being that part of the fallen order. Um, and then also in non video games, I want to check out that star Wars X wing board game that comes with all the mini figures and you can do space battles. I think that'd be a fun one too. Yeah. Those miniature games look awesome. The price tag on them are, is the other thing with. Those. Oh yeah. But, you know, oh. if you've got like $700 to drop on the game. Yeah. Yeah. They got some cool ones. Fantasy flight. It, it is right. I believe. Yeah. It's um, fantasy flight. In regards to battle pot, it's funny. You mentioned that I, I cannot walk into an arcade that has that game and not play it. Yeah. That I, first death star run mission is just absolutely amazing. There's the Hoth mission is extremely hard. Oh my God. It's my favorite, but it's so difficult. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting the whole pilot thing. Like this is my only chance to be a fighter pilot and I will prove, prove that I deserved yeah. it. If I ever get squadrons, I feel like I need a flight stick to play it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, was that, was that really one of the only star Wars arcade games? So, there's a pod racing. There's yes. pod racing. Mm-hmm. There's another one I played. We have a place called Swillburger. And in the back, they have some one where you're playing the story of uh, Jedi. And the very first mission is an attack, the attack on Hoth in it. And it's just a gun mounted to the game that you get like this, you know, duck hunt style shooting with it. And I played that. And I actually remember in that they redid the deleted cutscene with uh, C-3PO tearing the sticker off the Wampa Mm -hmm. uh, uh, layer, and you actually watch some stormtroopers open that and get attacked by Wampas while you're walking through trying to defend the base. There's another one where, and I remember playing it, it was at the Walmart I used to work at. On my lunch breaks, I'd go over to it, and it was just a joystick, and you would play one of three episodes, but it was... You were either uh, flying against, flying in the first Death Star. You were controlling Luke's lightsaber and deflecting mm-hmm. Boba Fett's um, firings at jo- at uh, Jabba's barge. And the other was the the fight against um, Darth Vader. And in the final one, and there would be little arrows at the top of the screen that you would have to move the stick in opposition of so that it would deflect the incoming attack. And I would just play that relentlessly during my lunch breaks. Like, yes, eat all my quarters of the minimal amount of money I'm making off of you guys. Go to hell. Where do you guys live, man? Where you have like this vortex of like vintage arcade Star Wars games that I have never seen or heard of. Welcome to Rochester. Yes. Western New York. Everyone forgot about. Between the Museum of Play, which holds the Video Game Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. they have more arcade games just sitting in the basement that aren't out to be played. And then Swillburger, which bought up a bunch of old arcade games 
and then they have like a back room for parties that that's where that Star Wars game is. You can't play it normally. You have to rent out the room for a party and be you in gotta, the back room. You got to pay to play. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I'd be looking oh. for Afterburn. That's what I'd be looking for. Y'all remember Afterburn? Now that was, I know it's not a Star Wars game, but talk about an arcade game. That game, that arcade game blew my mind. But anyway, yes. Well, I the was... museum also has Star Wars pinball. I think they That's have two Star say. Wars pinball machines. Star Wars pinball, man. Pinball. I used to that play... I've done plenty. Oh, yeah. I played a lot of that. They had that at, um, I want to say, I think the distillery up in Greece. Um, it's gone now. But they had the Star Wars pinball for a little bit. And, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to hang out with this girl. And I'm going to talk to this girl. And I'm going to get her number. And then there's good old Rocco in the arcade area playing Star Wars pinball at 25 years old. <laughs> Rocco, I'm pretty sure they had that at AMF and Gates for a while, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised, as well as a whole lot of really sad people. But anyway, mm. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> go, go ahead, Colin. Well, you guys uh, made it easy for me. I, I thought I was going to have to dig a little deep here, but uh, I'm surprised no one has said KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, that that was the, the game and series that sort of like revamped how we view Star Wars lore and Star Wars video games. It's arguably the best video game for Star Wars um, out there. Ignore the dated graphics and whatnot, which makes me sad. Side note, I don't know if anyone followed it. There was this group, this developer crew, and I can't remember the name of them. But up until about two, three years ago, they were this close to creating a fan remake of Knights of the Old Republic, fully revamped. I think they were even using um, the Unreal Engine to develop it. And just before they um, they got like really deep into it and were about to do character models and whatnot, they got a uh, cease and desist and the whole thing was scrapped. And like they weren't going to charge anyone. They weren't going to do anything with it. No profit or anything like that. It was just going to be here it is for everybody out there. Enjoy this. This is a labor of love. And we don't have it. And I'm so sad. And I hope it's only because we are going to get the official remake in the next five years. That said, KOTOR 2 stands as my favorite game because what the first Knights of the Old Republic did for exploring these different worlds, exploring the the Jedi lore and the way RPGs worked, especially putting Bioware even further on the map at the time, it also introduced us a lot deeper into the developer Obsidian. They're the guys who developed that game. And, you know, them for Fallout New Vegas. Uh, oh, crap. What's the one that they just did that um, didn't... Outer didn't Worlds? They, what's the, Yeah, Outer Worlds. Thank you. Yeah, and that's another huge one that they, they just released and was massive. They're great at character development, character interaction. And that was proven in this one. I loved the different characters. One of the key mechanics of it was you were trying to rebuild the Jedi Order that had fallen away and been destroyed by this Sith that was more than a Sith. It was like a black hole of the Force called Darth Nihilus, and he would just essentially eat planets, eat the living Force, and you were just trying to defeat him in some way, shape, and or form. And in order to do that, you would have to build relationships with all of your crew. And when you did that, you could eventually unlock their latent force potential and make them into Jedi. 
So they would be people who would just be like, yeah, I'm a person who shoots guns and blah, blah, blah. But you got far enough in the relationship. It's like, oh, actually, you're going to be a Jedi Knight. Oh, you're actually going to be a Jedi Consular. And the it, well, I'll get into that one a little bit later in this. But it had, in my opinion, one of the best antagonists that wasn't the clear antagonist until late in the game. And I still think about this character after what, 10, 15 years since I last picked up the game. Colin, really quick, this might make you happy. My very first playthrough, I uh, saved Bastila. I, I'm butchering her name. Bastila. Just under an hour ago. Oh, nice. You're, you're very... so, oh, oh, man. So I've had it on tablet forever, and it was impossible to play with the on-screen controls. But now that my tablet supports the PS4 controller i can actually play the game nice okay so just just out of curiosity do you know anything about the story not really oh, oh boy there's a wonderful twist that you will love that's okay. all i'm gonna say i'm i'm happy that you can actually have a controller with that jake because that was one of my biggest issues was that mobile release it was just i want to replay the game so bad i have it for my my pc laptop but I just want to sit on my couch with either my Switch or my PlayStation and play it, you know, <laughs> and just I, I really want to I'm really glad that you're playing that um, and not knowing what's happening. Like Colin just said, that's that's a huge thing, not being spoiled. And I love it when I when that happens, because I actually for somehow I can even running a geek site, I can somehow avoid spoilers most of the time. Anybody else play KOTOR? I played it. Um, I mean, I'm not a, a huge I don't know. That felt like a lot like Final Fantasy. Uh, you know what I mean? And in, I think I was introduced to that game at too young of an age for me to care. Um, I played it. I played a lot of it. But I don't know. Like, I wanted the more action stuff. I wanted, like, a Force Unleashed, in essence. Um, where Coder was so into the story... Um, what I want is I want a re-release for PS4 or PS5 when I finally find one, um, and I would buy it and I would I would play that game so hard um, that even my neighbors would know it was happening. Um, <clears throat> call the police. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think that in my age now. Um, being you know nearly a senior citizen, I think I would have much more of an of an understanding and love for the game. Is it is it like a Final Fantasy where you just kind of like show up to a spot and then you just like pick a thing and then they do the thing? Well, turn based. Like... Yeah, it's very D and D style um, battle, if you will. Or, you know, you get the the turn base and then it kind of rolls. You build your characters plus one, you know, minus one penalties for different weapons, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it plays it very well that you can build it that way if you want to pay attention to it. But if you truly don't care, it still is forgiving enough that it's just like, huh, cool. You can still smash this pretty well. Right. Ruben, it feels very much to me like an early step from the classic JRPG to the action RPG. But it's okay. still got the JRPG pick your moves, watch right. it on screen element, but it was the start of the move to action based. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's the fairest assessment. Yeah. I was just, I was going to mention that as well. I, I remember that it was just, that's what kind of 
made me more interested in it being a Final Fantasy fan and going from that stationary movement. And then they actually added the animations in and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. I, I loved that series. It's been so long since I played it. And like I said, I need a replay. But my favorite uh, was the Dark Forces series. Uh, like I said, with Rebel Assault, I I also got Dark uh, Dark Forces on, on my Mac. So I was a big Doom uh, Wolfenstein kid at that time. Um, and I was like, oh, man, they're making a 3D shooter, a uh, first-person shooter for, for Star Wars. And I... No, no real Jedi stuff. No nothing in that first game. It was, it was Kyle Katarn, mercenary going in for the rebel, the rebel alliance, and getting the Death Star plans, and uh, fighting the Dianaga, <laughs> fighting Boba Fett. Now that <laughs> that was huge for me. I was just that was an amazing thing because there wasn't a whole lot of Boba Fett stuff as we've always talked about, um, and just being able to fight him uh, in a three D game like that was it was mind blowing to me. Um, then moving to the next few games, uh, when he started to become a Jedi, uh, and then you got, you got the tie in the expansion to the second game, which was featuring Mara Jade as the main character. And then they go as far as Jedi, you know, um, Jedi Alliance or what was it? Jedi Academy. It's just that game series progressed really well, uh, and just kind of pushed all those buttons for every kind of Star Wars fan. Plus it was one of the first big multiplayer games of that that type that was super popular, right? Yeah, I think that one... W- w- was Jedi Outcast the first one that had uh, multiplayer? Oh, no, it was the first one. You're right. It- Jedi Knight 2... Um, Jedi Knight was a one-player game, right? Yeah. They introduced- Jedi, like Jedi they- Academy, right? No, the one before that. Jedi Knight 2 had multiplayer. That's the one yeah. that's out for Switch along with Academy now. So those ports, I think, were both the first multiplayer ones. Unless I'm mistaken that Jedi Knight had... A, I'm kind of remembering that, but I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, if it, it was, was, it was very early. <laughs> yeah, because it was Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. Then it was Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast. And then it was Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, right? Correct. Gotcha. There's four okay. games. There's actually five games because um, oh. the PSP had a game called Lethal Alliance, which is actually a retcon of the game series where Kyle Katarn sent his mercenary Twi'lek uh, to retrieve the plants. So it's very strange uh, storytelling, honestly, but it was a great game. It was awesome. Anybody else spend a lot of time with Dark Forces? Jedi I Academy? Mean- I mean, yeah, with those I did, I mean, that was my introduction to Kyle Katarn. And Kyle Katarn, you know, what could Kyle Katarn do? Like, he could do anything, you know? I, I mean, really, honestly, he was built to, like, he was what? Like, you know, this scoundrel that was also a Jedi. Like, he was like a, he was like a Luke Han mixture, um, which is why I think so many people loved him in the EU. And he was sarcastic, and Luke was always so serious with the Jedi. He was like, oh, we need to go here, and oh, the dark side is super strong here. And Kyle was like, yeah, Luke, you say that all the time. Every freaking place we go, it's always the dark side. We get it. Like, I just, I love that that kind of uh, dis- distinction between the two of them when they would converse. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dark Forces, Jedi uh, Outcast, Jedi Academy, 
Absolutely. I had those. I had Jedi Academy for Xbox, like the original Xbox. Yeah, I wasn't a big multi multiplayer guy uh, for a long time. And so I never really got it in Academy. I played the, the story mode, but that game, you know, like I said, it really set a standard for for multiplayer games uh, leading up to, you know, the battlefronts now and then the new battlefronts. So it's I think it's really interesting to see kind of the, the evolution at that point. Because how do you how do you go as far as retconning your own your own game series? Mm. And it's kind of like we talk about the EU, how sometimes it came, became very convoluted, uh, and they just kind of gave up after a while with storytelling. And it was just like what worked. So that was always kind of a thing that stood out to me, being somebody who's very much about canon and sticking to the story and stuff like that. But nonetheless, enjoyed it. Yeah, go ahead, Rocco. Just real quick, did anyone else play Jedi Academy besides no one? So, and okay. over and over again. So yes, you have. No, okay. Well, the sa- I was going to say the sandworm level. Did anyone remember the sandworm level and how, like, there was the down ship? They sent the Padawan out, which was you, to go see where the sh- why the ship was downed. It was crash landed. And then you're like checking out the ship and this giant sandworm comes and you have to use like your Jedi speed power to like go across the sand. Because you're on the sand too long, the thing would eat you and there's this animation. And you'd usually yell and swear at the TV because the thing would eat you constantly and you'd have to like restart. And the game was sadistic. (laughs) You had to restart at the beginning of the level. It was absolute sadomasochism to play this game because you would get so far into it and you'd die. And you're like, I I literally got to do this over again. I feel like this is where my drinking problem started, was that game. <laughs> I'm telling you, the further along we get in this episode, the more I'm glad I didn't play these games. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Rocco, you saying that just confirms an overall theory I have, that Lucas and Lucasfilm stole so much from Dune to make Star Wars. And then made something so, so much, much better than Dune. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I mean... I tried that book. I, it was good, but I did not love Dune. Yeah. Nobody's going to be mad at you, bro. Or, I mean, there might be nowadays, but <laughs> at, the, at the end nobody of the, the day, no, nobody on this show is going to be mad at you. Star Wars is the superior sci-fi. Right? Well, George like, also I, you know. stole Wookiees from George R.R. R. Martin. So Exactly. And George Luke is a big Flash Gordon fan, so whatever. Mm-hmm. You know he borrowed from everything. Uh, no. <laughs> um, let's... Uh, Let's jump into a quick commercial, and then uh, we'll be back with more Star Warriors. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. Okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. We are back from those commercials with more Star Warriors, and we are talking Star Wars video games over the years. 
So, the guys, let's get into our favorite characters from the game verse. And uh, I'll start with you, Rocco. Um, man, that's such a tough question because earlier I brought up the Force Unleashed and, you know, Starkiller, you know, or Vader's Secret App- Apprentice. You know, his story is so tragic and deep and really a beautiful story. Um, I'd say I have more of a list, you know, um, you know, I'd say him. Um, I'd say the introduction of Dash Rendar was pretty cool in Shadows of the Empire. He he became a really awesome character. Um, Kale, uh, you know, and Fort and you know the uh, the Fallen Order Jedi Fallen Order. But honestly, BD One, BD One. I love BD One. He is this loyal little cool droid who has your stim packs when you need them. And, you know, I, I don't know, something about his little personality um, really drew, like, I wanted a real BD1, like, in my house to, like, hang out with me. Um, his his little loyal aspect and his story, too, is really cool, especially at the end when you find out, like, where he came from and why he's even with Kale. Um, I thought that that was really it wasn't so big, but it also was big enough to really kind of move you a little bit, you know, which, which was really cool. So I would say, yeah, those are my list of my, my favorites, but BD one, I know it's kind of weird, but I, I really, uh, I really liked him or her. I don't know. I love that droid as well. And I was yelling at the TV sometimes like, don't kill it. If you kill this right. droid, this game's getting shut off right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing about Star Wars and the droids, um, just because they do have those personalities. And the more they introduce to us, especially now these days, as they've just been rolling them in in every movie and every show. And I love it because I've always felt that attachment to Star Wars droids since A New Hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about yeah, no, you? I got to agree. Yeah, I got to agree. Um, <clears throat> With both of those characters, because uh, but but really, I did love Iden Verso. Uh, I thought her character was really strong, um, you know. And talk about uh, performance capture and things like that. Like she, the the actress, her her name escapes me now, but she's she's great, um, and she did a great job on in, on that on that game. Um, but BD One uh, as well, I think, is one of my favorite characters uh, because I, I do like you, Chris. I love the droids. And I love how Star Wars has that ability to make a robot, you know, human almost to make you want to make, you know, make you feel like, like if something happens to it, you're going to be upset about it. You know, uh, like I knew that at the end of uh, uh, Rogue One, everybody was going to die, but still, like, I didn't want to see K2 go. Right. Like that was that was like out of everybody's death scene, that one hurt the most, right? And, yeah. And he, and he yeah. was a damn droid, you know, and he was the droid. Yep. So, yeah, I love BD-1, and I love his design. Um, I love how, how, how creative um, the designers are getting nowadays with, with the droids and the things that we're seeing, uh, starting with, with uh, BB-8. You know, that, that, that sphere droid, I thought, was a, was a brilliant design. Uh, simple, you know, they weren't, you know, breaking the mold but just innovative enough to where like oh that's so star wars you know uh but bd1 i love like how it was almost like a like a mouser you know from like ninja turtles you remember how like the like that little design where it's almost like angular in that and it's got the two little legs and then 
it was able to like be on the back on your back and just move around and provide light. Um, and like when you were underwater, like it was just the perfect companion for, for Cal on that game. And, um, and it did, it made me want a BD one, like for sure. I definitely would, would, would love that, uh, in terms of like a scale model or something like that, that would be dope. Yeah, that's, I love, I love the fact that, um, with, with the battlefront game, I want to go back to that real quick, the, that they also did that novel. Right. And so they were really building that character out and I, and that's why when they came out with that game, I was a lot, I wasn't very, I wasn't a big fan of the first one, to be honest with you. I had some issues with it, but um, when they did that second one and they dived deep into that in Canon story, which now we saw even more from the Mandalorian this season and them tying it all together. I, I just, that book was awesome as well. And that whole team, I want to see more from them. I want to see, I want to see her show up in, in the new Republic shows or something like that, because we know it can happen because we know, right she lives up until, you know, until she's older. Uh, so yeah, that's, I'm really excited for more, more from that world. It'd be interesting with, with what we talked uh, about off mic, if her character would be a, a supplement for what we talked about, um, maybe for that bonus, the bonus episode that you were saying you put together, you know, cause I think that that, again, Iden Verso is definitely a character who is full circle, right? Like it's one of those things where, you know, she starts off bad, but then, you know, classic Star Wars, like your your heart is who you are. You know what I'm saying? And not, not the exterior. So she's always been a good person, you know. So I think uh, bringing her into the Mandalorian, I think, would, would fit well. Go ahead, Rocco. Um, with with Iden Versio, how awesome was that scene with her and her wingman? And they're walking through uh, a rebel cruiser, and Lando is just super cavalier. Like, all right, well, we're going to give you two fighters, and we're going to send you off. You know, and just that whole scene being talked to by Lando while you're just walking down that corridor, I really felt like I was like Lando was really talking to me. And <laughs> they really captured that so well. And yeah, dude, I didn't even think about Aiden. That's a good call. I like that. That that's that's also an interesting thing about Lando being somebody who betrayed uh, his friends, you know, and betrayed the alliance to some to some extent, and then to be accepted back as a general, you know, and have that kind of be a very small uh, arc, full circle arc. But again, the same thing. And who would be more accepting of that than Lando? You know, that's right. I always felt that that was a really cool um, aspect of the game. Go ahead, go ahead, Jake. Uh, Eno Cordova, the the master. I loved that character. I want his full story. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, it's not a single character. It's the Zepho, which I've brought up already. Um, I really love when Star Wars is given these one-offs that expand the history of the galaxy. Because, I don't know, I wanted to study history in college. I just got my minor there. I have a love of anthropology and just, I, I want to know more about the Zepho. It was like also in the Thrawn books, there's a throwaway line like, Oh, it goes back to the old Republic. And this is in the Canon ones when the Chiss fought in the Sith, uh, Republic war. And it's like, wait, people used to know the Chiss were there. W when were the Zepho there? Why did they disappear? Where did they go to? Are they still around? Are there dark side 
users. Like it's more of a race that gets introduced that really is my favorite character in the Star Wars games. I think that's that is a good point because the more and more we talk about getting away from the Skywalkers, uh, because everything is so dependent on it no matter what. But now we're seeing more and more of of these new threads being, you know, um coming out in the Star Wars universe. So I would love to see more and more concentration on that kind of stuff as well, because like you, I like looking into that that kind of information and learning more about the ins and outs of these cultures of and that's why I loved I think I loved Kotor a lot because you could go to these different planets and it was it opened up these different um I guess social situations um in that game. And that's one thing I really liked about that as a as a Star Wars fan growing up. But absolutely. Go ahead, Colin. So just as an aside, the actress who plays Aiden Versio is Janina Gavankar or Gavankar. I apologize if I'm butchering her name. Um when I found out that she was going to be playing Aiden Versio, I freaked out because there was this uh, little-known NBC show that didn't uh, go anywhere. It was Mysteries of Laura, and she was mm-hmm. the tech nerd for the police mm-hmm. department, and she was also a huge gamer, which is a huge reflection of Janina Gavankar in real life. So You would see, know that. See that? Yeah, well, I had to Google her name because I couldn't remember what her name was, but I do know the other spots just from you know experience because it's like that that's the nerd stuff i get into um but in terms of characters that uh, i love we we got to come back to kotor here and and jake i'm gonna try not to spoil anything for you as much as possible um one is in the game in the sequel so this isn't really a spoiler as you can't play it on your tablet but it's kreia kreia is the old woman that follows you throughout the game and what is so great about her is she's a she's just this weird mystery throughout the whole thing. She's she's the one character whose alignment you can't change. She will give you criticisms about every choice you make, whether they're good or bad, and she will question it. And no matter what choice you make, she will always stay in the gray until the very, very end when she reveals herself to be Darth Treya. And her whole point was to destroy the force that she was trying to feed everything in Darth Nihilus and uh, whoever the guy was that was working with Darth Nihilus throughout. Uh, I don't know, Chris, if you might be able to help me out with that one. I can't remember his name. The guy who looked like he needed a lot more, you know, lotion on his skin. <laughs> um, But just just such a a well done character she's blind she's lost one of her hands extremely early on in the game so she could only wield single-handed weapons and i just just one more bit that led me to loving the sequel to kotor that so many people overlook purely because of its unfinished ending but if i had to have one that since we're going into robots that we love Jake, I'm going to try not to spoil this one for you, but HK-47, the meatbag despiser himself. He is an assassin droid who absolutely hates anything that is sentient and organic. Oh, Master, are we going to destroy more meatbags? Shall I shoot them? What? Why will we talk to them? I think he's right up your alley, Jake, once you... uh, once you encounter him, 
I, I have a strong feeling you will be one of the few people I've ever met who unlocks everything about his character in the story. So good luck with that one. He sounds like an early Mr. Bones. Yes. Excellent. Yes. I'll do uh, murder. It sounds I, uh, like, yeah, that's right. I think Chuck Wendig did him as a, as an homage to HK. That is correct because you also have uh, taken my favorite Colin. So I'm, I'm glad you did because at one point we had to agree on something, two of us here on this show. <laughs> and yeah, Jake, that, that character is the most memorable one from the games for me like Revan Bastilla Bastilla whatever I don't I can't I can't say her name but Bastilla. That, Bastilla. <laughs> thank you thank you Colin uh that droid alone took like elevated the game for me because of the humor and because you could play as him and make decisions as him and the and the writing is 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 really genius um and then it did make me think of you with with the aftermath trilogy um because when I was reading that it reminded me so much of that 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 could that ak hk 47 um and the funny thing is is like you we get killer droids again in the afra series which again are two of my favorite droids triple zero and b i forgot b1 or whatever but um those two droids they anytime you have like droids acting like killers um and just wanting to wipe out humanity it just for some reason it cracks me up i don't just dark dark humor those two droids in the Afra comics, they're they're fantastic. They're freaking hilarious. And just the writing behind that kind of stuff where it's because it's in solo, it was funny to see like this droid rebellion. And as cheesy as some of that was, it was still <laughs> that character I liked because of the writing and the acting and the personality that she gave to L three, I think it was right. It was uh, L three, yeah. Yeah. L three was brilliant. L three is brilliant. Like she really is. I like the actress is brilliant too. She's great on Fleabag. Um, but Phoebe Waller Bridges. Yeah, she is. You know, I I don't know. Like I don't even know what to say. I I can go down a rabbit hole with her. Like I I wasn't expecting to love. It works. Fleabag. (laughs) It it does. It does. It really does. Like it. Like it just doesn't. You know, she doesn't need any more hype. Um, But yeah, I think in in terms of droids. I think that that's a game we need, right? Like we need we need a droid centered game at some point. How would that go? Because it might kind of bleed into our next conversation a little bit here. All right. I mean, I don't know. I you know, I, I I think of a lot of like now that we've got the ability to have different type of games, right? Like you you, you we've got the VR games and you've got your straight up stories. Um, I'm excited to learn more about that open world Star Wars. But what about you know what about a droid? that you know makes them question their programming right like at at some point you know whether you're in the empire or the rebellion like you know do you ever like as a droid do you experience that moment where you think you 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 think like maybe i could do more than just you know my my regular job like now that i've been reading the high republic like i i think about like there's um in that second book uh there's there's a great droid and like her programming has been messed with and like, it's kind of opening her up. And like, I, that made me think of a game where it's like, what if you were able to, you know, get a hold of a droid and kind of tailor them kind of like K2SO, right. Mm-hmm. Where you, where you kind of put them on their own life path and open up their programming. And then you get to play as that droid and make those decisions. All right. 
So what you're describing is Detroit become human with droids on Coruscant. That's what I want. Yep. That this is the game you're describing, and I would totally play it. I'm with it. Let's let's make it. <laughs> they need. Uh, well, I guess we'll go. Whatever. The, I'm sorry. Whatever the next topic is, because you said this bleeds into that, and I'm very curious. Oh, it does. It does. What game would you like to see? Oh God, am I up? Go take it. Go. Oh man. I, I've always said this, and I'm going to say it again. I want Skyrim, but in Star Wars. I want you. I want to pick the race. I want to pick like Jedi, Mandalorian, bounty hunter. Um, you know, and then you can switch. Like, if you want to be a Mandalorian bounty hunter, if you want to, whatever, whatever it is, and then just like Skyrim, these intersecting stories and paths. That you can choose to be part of or not be part of. I have literally dumped easily 500 hours into Skyrim. Can you imagine if that was a Star Wars game and how many hours I would dump into it? Oh, my God. 500? 3,000? I would be like, what's his name? I'd have the long, long nails. I'd be peeing into jars. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that, that's That's what would be happening if that existed. I already told the wife. I said... Don't even bother. Like, I know we got two kids, but I guess they can feed themselves <laughs> at this point. Because if that game comes out, <laughs> I don't see me ever leaving the PlayStation. Um, but in, in jokes aside, I think a true open world RPG where it's as customizable as Skyrim, but even larger because you can choose the planets. So each planet is the size of Skyrim. And I, yes, I know that's very ambitious and that's very large, but can you imagine how awesome that would be? I'm going to go to Dathomir. I'm going to go to Coruscant. I'm going to go to whatever. And you get a large piece of land on these planets and you follow whatever storylines or multiple storylines that are on there. I mean, there are still things in Skyrim people haven't discovered yet. And that game has been out, what, 15 years? 20? No, not not that long. Maybe 11 years? No. Uh, 10 years this year. Ten. Okay, 10 years. But But what I'm saying is that type of depth and that type of customized you know cust- customization if you will is needed in a Star Wars game and it's there it's all there already they don't need to really put much thought into it they already did the work for you just make me the freaking game and take my money yeah an open that's world... all i have to say about that I... <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got to say about that yeah exactly all of most of us have dumped countless hours into games like Assassin's Creed, Skyrim, and I think we can agree that an open world game would be is what's needed. And unfortunately, you know, they've had a couple on on deck, but every time they get canceled because people are afraid to make 13, them. 13 13 It's crazy. Even the people like the lady who produced Uncharted was doing one, right? And so what happens is they get afraid of the fandom. Um so Somebody just needs to say, I don't care and just do it because it's I I wouldn't be afraid of the fans because you're going to get more fans who are going to want to play it and be happy about it in the end. So, yeah, I mean, 
countless hours, Rocco. You're right. No doubt. I mean, can you imagine that you're you're traveling, you're in this open world game, you have a brand new character or whatever, you're traveling and uh, a certain quest takes you to Bespin and you have to go to Cloud City and you're there in the middle of a mission or, or a quest or whatever. Maybe you're shopping for, for God knows what at a, at a shop. And all of a sudden you hear Lando Calrissian over the loudspeakers, you know, we're being taken over by the Empire, you know, leave. I mean, like, that's what I want. I want it to intersect. I don't want to be Luke. I don't want to be Han. I don't want to be I want to be my own character, but I want to see a different side of a story that I know. You, does that make sense from 100%. a certain point of view? There you go. So, yes, it does make sense. Well, you, you already got the name for the game. From a certain point of view, Star Wars, the open world. That's genius. All of that. See? (laughs) Right there. And we should produce it. You got to put a droid building mechanic into it. Mm -hmm. Like Ruben wants. Exactly. So it's all of the games that people want to play in one, and they never leave their house. It's also in VR. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Ruben. (laughs) I think, uh, think, uh, you know, an open world intrigues me. It does. And I love, you know, and and I would love it. Um, but again, um, I've got ADD, man, you know, even, even with star Wars, you know, like, um, you know, you guys were, 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 were joking about how fast I read the book, but it's only because if it, if I give it too much time, I won't ever finish it. That's the way I am with all my novels. Like it's not just star Wars. Like I, once I open them, like the mission is to read it, you know? Um, but I think with me, I like stories. So. I think I'd probably go with something more more boring. Probably, I I, I just want to play Rebels. Like, I wanna I wanna I wanna do the seasons, but I want to do it as a game, almost. You know what I'm saying? Maybe take it in a different in a different way, different kind of storyline, maybe where you break off and maybe do different missions that you know that we didn't see in the game. But I just want to play as those characters. Like, I would love to play as Ezra. You know, be be able to mess with Chopper. Um, you guys know my love for Zeb, like I, you know, give him a game and I'm all about it. Um, so there's, you know, and, and to be able to maybe mess with Kane in a little bit, I think that that would be cool, you know, and there's a lot of rich lore in that in, in, in rebels. So I think that, you know, that you can probably explore that just a little bit more, open it up a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I mean, something with rebels, um, or maybe a more spy spy based game, maybe something rogue one. Where maybe you're not so much like uh, Cassian, but just another spy in the rebellion, and you've got your own missions. Um, I think that that would be cool. Sounds like a good way to bring in Kyle Katarn to canon, right? <laughs> you know, bring all these other characters that you guys have been talking about um, into games. You know, something like a Metal Gear Solid. You know, that 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 has to deal with like just you know double crossing, and you know you're playing as as two heroes, but one is really a villain, like. You know, something some, something that, that is true Star Wars, but at the same time now, you know, that tells a story that's relevant now. So, I, you know, those games would probably intrigue the hell out of me. Whatever happened to, like, adapting things into games? Like, they don't have, like, a Rebels game. They Maybe they had the one on mobile, right? That's it. It's right. Like, like, so all these games are, like, all these games are made on mobile, if anything. Um, but... I miss those days, honestly, of like super Star Wars games, um, whatever, just simple, not even I, I don't want to say simple, but just just a game that's enjoyable without all this 
stuff that has to go into it to make the fans happy where I just, I miss those days a lot. Right. Rock. No, I just going to say to that point, revenge of the Sith. Do you guys ever play revenge of the Sith for Xbox? Yes. Like the original oh, Xbox? I missed that one. Yes. Missed that one. That was, that was the best star Wars adaptation of any film. That was, if, if there was a definitive video game, to go with one of the Star Wars movies, it was Revenge of the Sith. Because, like, you literally played the movie, and it was so freaking good. Like, I've played Episode 1, oh, God, and Episode 2, God, back when they did the movie adaptations. Like you said, Chris, they don't do them anymore. But when they did Revenge of the Sith, I don't know if they did it on acid or what it was, (laughs) but it was done so well. Like, I would play that game now, and the graphics were awful, but it felt <laughs> like it felt like I was playing episode three on the rails, but it was so much fun. You mentioned that Phantom Menace game. I, I, I played that. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminded me of the Lucasfilm, Lucas, LucasArts, like Sam and Max games, you know? So it was like these different style games. Um, what a crazy time of CD burning and, and and it was like getting like ripping off games at that time. It was like, it was like this Renaissance of, of, of uh, piracy, but um, yeah, what a, what a, what a weird evolution that um, they've stopped adapting things. That's, that's something I always kind of question. Go ahead. Thanks, Go ahead. ET. What's that? I said, thanks ET. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to hit three, one of which I already hit. Uh, I want to see Fallen Order Jedi Hunter, which starts a couple days before Order 66, follows a Jedi becoming an Inquisitor, and then you're a Jedi Hunter through the game. I think that would be a cool place to go with Fallen Order and not always just follow Jedi Jedi that survived. Um, Number two, I'm not a huge fan of the Battlefront games, but I want to see that Battlefront 4 that never happened, that explored the alternate dimension with Dark Obi-Wan, Redeemed Vader. Uh, You can find the concept art out there. It has Dark Luke, Dark Leia, uh, and it was like, I don't know what the storyline was going to be, but it was like, flip the world on its... around. The Jedi are bad, the Sith are good type thing. Mm. This was a continuation of the original Battlefront series? It was supposed to be the next game in the original Battlefront series. Oh, I've never heard of that. So, um, And then the other one is, I also want to see an open world game, but I want Lake Rocco to be able to pick your race, everything like that. I want a good bad scale, you know, not forced into a Jedi, but instead of having it take place during the time we know, I think it'd be cool to have it take place 50 years before the High Republic because that gives you even more flexibility because you can write in events that maybe get referenced in the High Republic, but it's a time we still haven't explored. You know, we're past KOTOR because that's probably going to become canon with the re-release if that happens. And we're before the High Republic, so it gives us flexibility and more of a condensed world to explore because you're not going to be really going out to the Outer Rim yet because Starlight 
beacon's not up, the outer rim's not really explored. It'd be more of a core and mid-rim place. I really believe that we have a High Republic game coming soon, sooner than later. Mm. Um, I mean, they kept that show under wraps for so long. We assumed because how the High Republic kept getting pushed back. I, I really feel they're going to go full multimedia with this. And with the success of these books, there's, I mean, it's even more likely that they will. And talking about unexplored timelines, even if they did a game during that, I, they could do what they wanted as well. Almost. Right. Um, so, but I do agree. I do like that idea of before I would like to be a, a Nile and, and just, just, you know, <laughs> go crazy. Like in the outer rim, even I'm, there's so much unexplored stuff in that part. And as we learn more and more about the High Republic, it's just I'm, I'm more in love with it. So mm-hmm. real quick, um, I know earlier I, we talked Shadows of the Empire and that was this event where it was a book. It was a video game and it was a comic. And that that's we're talking 1996, right? Mm-hmm. That we're looking at High Republic. It's a book. It's a comic. You know, what if this is their homage to Shadows? You know, in High Republic, we got our book, we got our comic, right? Now we're going to get our video game. And maybe looking at it that way, I don't know. Because remember okay, how and much... And the TV um, series. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so really the thing, about, the thing about that is, I guess, the divisiveness in Star Wars fandom right now. Uh, and their willingness not to take risks unless it really pays off and people embrace it more. So the way they introduced the High Republic was smart, I believe. Um, without I agree. Over, I agree. yeah, without over dedicating themselves. And when they say this is going to be a multi-year project, I that just makes me even more happy that we've had this strong of a start. So, hundred percent. The um the thing about Shadows uh, was that they dropped everything at the same time. And like I said earlier, it was it was we had nothing from Star Wars for so long um, that it was really just a big a big gift from George Lucas. <laughs> well, I just want to touch base. I'm still sad and hurt that we don't have 1313 to this day. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I saw that uh, that gameplay preview that they showed at an E3 uh, about five years ago. Man, did that look gorgeous! Man, oh, I, w- I was, I'm a I'm a lightsaber guy. I'm a Jedi through and through. You mm-hmm. give me all the games and stories about that. But the way that that looked, I was mm-hmm. down with just playing a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I wanted was that game. It just was so gorgeous. And I'm so heartbroken that it's just gone. It's gone forever. And I want them to see, I want to see them just go by the, by the scruff and say, all right, let's, let's recover what we got on this and let's, let's give the people what they want. But, if we were to go for a new game, let's do something different. We got the High Republic here. I want to see a top-down strategy game like Civilization in the time of the High Republic. Your job is to stretch out the Republic as the Chancellor, and you have to go into the Outer Rim, and you have to strategize your resources. I mean, we're, we're just now finding out about uh, uh, Bacta, in this generation. So we need to find, we have to create resources that can harvest it, create resources that can, you know, uh, study it and, you know, 
produce it down to its form that can heal people faster. Oh, wait, we got a Nile attack. What's happening here? We have to uh, stop that. Oh, crap, an emergence is going through. What the hell? Dispatch the Jedi. Oh, but we don't we don't have, uh, uh, you know, Avar Chris here, so she can't negotiate the music in the Force, so we can't stop this. It's going to the sun. Oh, the sun has exploded. We've lost that system. That sucks. Okay. You know, I want to see that. Because, you know, the closest we had to that was, what was it, Galaxy at War? Is that the one you were talking about? Or or Empire at War or something like that, right? Force Commander. Force, yeah. So so those ones, those ones, uh, you know, you you were doing it from like a a military aspect. But this one, I want to see, I want to see a galactic view akin to... You know, like Mass Effect. You know, I want to see a huge map like that. I want to see the the planets. I want to see the moons inside of said planets. You know, and zoom into those planets themselves and see the factories and see the the civilians and everything that goes into it there. That would be a kind of a cool thing to do to explore this new timeline as well as get a new genre of gaming into the Star Wars multiverse, if you will. That sounds like a weird blend of like Oregon Trail and Sim City, you know, like, <laughs> oh, no, there, there's been an emergence. You've got this. Hell yeah. You no, have died. Perfect. <laughs> right there, man. <laughs> you know? You've got brain slugs. Right? Right. What was that from that Clone got, Wars episode? Got, oh, no, you've activated the puffer pigs, you know? <laughs> like, oh, God. No, that, um, going that, that sounds like operation. Colin, it sounds man, like a headache. <laughs> you mentioned 1313 and I know so did I. Uh, did everyone here see that trailer? Uh, that okay. How awesome was it that Clone Wars, I believe the show mentioned 1313 maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. They referenced it and I was like, "Thank you." Like cuz that game got scrapped. I was like, all right, well, I'm glad you acknowledged it, Star Wars. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know Filoni was a fan, and he was just as heartbroken as we were. Isn't there an episode in oh, Clone yeah. Wars called 1313? Like, like, literally, the name of the episode is 1313, I think, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look for it, but pretty It's sure. one of the Underworld episodes. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a shame that that game didn't come out. That, that See, that to me, like, that, that was on my radar. Right. Like I, I remember that game being being, you know, talked about and I remember seeing the trailer as well. And, and that was on my radar. You were going to be Bubba Fett in that game. Was that it? Was that one? That's of the what it was leading it? up to. Yeah, that was the so. rumor. OK. Do you guys remember the Darth Maul game that was supposed to come out, too? And they had Darth Talon from <laughs> strangely from Legacy attached to it. Uh, the the, the the Sith Twi'lek from the future. It was such a strange concept to me that she was going to be in this game. But that game, it was I, I really wanted to play that. And that was another disappointment. How about, does anyone remember for the original Xbox again, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi? I missed mm-hmm. that. So the first, the first, uh, part of it was the Jedi trials and you had to take the Jedi trials and then like Qui-Gon was like giving you like stuff to do. It was like you were Qui-Gon's Padawan. And like, I remember one episode you were on Coruscant on a building that was like being built and there were like some kind of bad guys there for some reason. And you needed to kill them all. Like it was really weird. (laughs) 
it was like a weird concept um and it was really blocky it was like a really like weird looking ewan mcgregor with his little uh his little ponytail and his little braid you know his little padawan braid and it was a really off-putting game but it was kind of it was pretty fun you know i don't i don't know (laughs) seemed like a fever dream (laughs) maybe it was that's what the developers said (laughs) <laughs> oh, what just happened? Did we just create a game? Oh, shit. And that's how it felt like playing it. Like, did I just play this? What happened? I don't even understand what's going on right now. It was supposed to be, like, right before the events of episode one. Or... Reference... What's that? Yeah. No, no, I, I'm done with my thought. Okay. I just wanted to <laughs> reference back to 1313. Didn't we play the Django Fett game, Bounty Hunter? Hell yeah, I got oh, it for yeah. PS4. Right. I remember loving that game and being very frustrated with the new controls <laughs> because I tried to play it a yes. couple weeks ago and I'm like, I can't yes. do this. <laughs> and how, how are you? So if you've never played, what you can do is you're in an open world of like Coruscant or wherever the hell you are and you can put down your targeting reticle and you just scan all the people walking by. Right. And you can scan them and they can tell you, it tells you if there's a bounty for them. And then you can come over with your rope, your wrist rope, and you wrap them up, and then you get the bounty. Ooh, cool. And it, it was, like, dead or alive. But, like, if they would cross each other, two people, right, and you'd have the targeting reticle down, you wouldn't know which was the bounty and which was, like, the innocent person. So you end up just murdering someone in Coruscant. <laughs> and it's just, like, Django Fett doesn't murder innocent people. And you're like, yeah, well, he did today. <laughs> Why even give you the dead option, then? Very Assassin's Creed, right? With the yes. don't murder innocent people. Yes, and some of the missions are impossible. You're just like, why am I even playing this? I don't. I don't want to play anymore. But it's Django Fett, so you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna anyway. It was much more favorable back in the day. I remember because um, a lot of these 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 re releases on the newer systems, it just they don't translate well. Some do, but. A lot don't, unfortunately. So I would love to see, an, again, another Bounty Hunter game um, in that light, but with new, you know, new mechanics and, you know, of course, next graphics. Um, and that I I love open world games. Of course, I want that, but I, I spend way too much time in them sometimes. <laughs> and so I know it's coming and I know I'm going to get lost in it, but I would like to have another game where I can just enjoy the story and do some fun stuff mm-hmm. instead of and enveloping my whole life into it <laughs> but um awesome guys uh anybody have any last thoughts on a video game they'd like to see or any in general star wars thoughts more star wars games that's yes. it lucas films lucas film games now right is the new the new uh the new company uh in light of lucas lucas arts back in the day the day so more publishers uh, are going to be making games, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, and we should be seeing a, just a slew of new stuff coming on on many different platforms. Uh, really on a side to... note, on a real real yeah, quick, yeah, I yeah, wanted to ask you a question: um, the Lucasfilm um, are they are they the same like the developers? Are they the ones that are doing that that Indiana Jones game too? Are they, is that why that game is coming out now? Because like now Lucas Arts is is developing those kinds of games like from their stable or whatever they're teaming uh, up with with companies like uh i think that one was bethesda bethesda for the indiana jones game yeah um okay. yeah so now it's now it's more of like uh they're labeling the initiative as lucas arts games but it'll be lucas arts in cl- collaboration with bethesda 
And so Bethesda take makes the team and makes the game. I, from what I understand the video game industry. So I think it's a lot better than just saying, Hey, EA, you're in charge because we didn't right. really see a, a great outpour of games from them. So we'll finally get kingdom hearts four with both Mickey mouse and Darth Vader. Oh the God. lightsaber. Don't do that. Don't tell me that what I is, have what is Ray Kingdom Hearts? Luke. <laughs> Kingdom so, see, that's, see, that's what I was. I, I wasn't playing Star Wars. I was playing Kingdom Hearts. Like that. That's my. Like that's the thing. Like I played so so many other games that Star Wars. Like it never jumped on my radar like that for video games. But yes, Kingdom Hearts four with Vader and Mickey <laughs> would be like I would. You talk about open world, spending hours in in a game. I would spend hours on Kingdom Hearts four for sure, without a doubt. Bro- I don't know what it is. Rocco, Kingdom Hearts is Final Fantasy with uh, Disney. And so you travel to these different Disney worlds as the main character, and then you gain Disney characters as your companions. You go through different storylines and whatnot. So they're pretty amazing games. Um, I would recommend them. Are they on PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah, they have a collected version. <laughs> they have all of them in one game now on one Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it cheap? Because I'm cheap. No. It's probably <laughs> it's Disney. Six it's for Disney, you. Rocco. It's Disney. You know it's not cheap. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just <laughs> saying, Disney, we had to give them some money. He's, he's, he says he's cheap with thousands of dollars of toys sitting behind him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and Dan, I don't need this. Okay. <laughs> I made that joke today about Hasbro's earnings and how Rocco and I definitely added to that this year. You guys oh, need yeah. has you guys need Hasbro stock, okay? <laughs> Seriously. I know I gotta stop. I gotta I gotta divide some of that Disney stock away from that. Exactly. Uh so Ruben, I wanted to give you uh a little time to talk about your project and tell our listeners all about your Kickstarter. Oh, that's what's up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um yeah, right now I've got uh, a Kickstarter running uh, for a book called The Illusion Witch. Um, it deals with a famous real world illusionist, female illusionist who gets pulled into a world of magic. Um, you know, I like to think like Life of Pi meets, you know, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. It's it's a deep story. It tells a very emotional journey, you know, cru- uh, a, a story about a crucible, uh, an adventure a character has to go through to kind of become a better person. So uh, it's definitely not Star Wars, but um, but it's definitely on that fantasy level. Um, we're about 16 days in. Uh, I think maybe we're like a hair away from 60% being funded. So if you're listening to this and fantasy, you know, you like things like the Golden Compass, the Dark Materials, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Prestige, Life of Pi. If you like those kinds of things, well, come check out The Illusion Witch because it's going to be a fun ride. Absolutely. And I've been following Ruben's comics since I met him at New York Comic Con in 2013, 14, probably. Uh, so he's he's been working hard on all his books. I love his title. So you guys all check out, support his Kickstarter, and uh, get ready for the Illusion Witch. Uh, anyways, thank you, everyone, for listening today. Uh, I did want to mention the Defed Entertainment Podcast Network uh, is now up and running uh, with shows like Critical Mass, uh, Campfire Chats. Uh, so, you know, a couple of guys on this show uh, also do their own shows. Uh, Rocco has Critical Mass. Jake has Campfire Chats. And what is, what's your political one, Jake? What's the other one? 
the Bull and Moose Tavern podcast. That's it. I love that title. That's one of the best. Um, and so, you know, check check them all out. We'll have uh, some big announcements coming soon. And uh, we, we appreciate all of your support. I did want to also mention that uh, next week, uh, Ruben and I will be recording a an interview with Brian. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to balance. balance. Brian Thank Balance. You. Brian Balance. Um, and he wrote a wrote and produced a audio Star Wars drama. And so we'll be talking with him next week about that. So look forward to that episode and much, much more Star Wars to come. Uh, so. Again, thank you all for uh, joining me tonight. And for you out there listening, may the Force be with you.